Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. This is the Eat Sleep of Libra Me Podcast. Your weekly WMU and breakdown. Introducing first, the man of the hour. Now rise up and feel the power. Starly. Charlie. Let's go! So it did do it again. I'll just let you know that now, pal. Uh, but fair I think it's probably on my end. Sorry, we were having a little bit of technical issues. How's it going, everybody? This is the ESE back again with another episode of Wrestling Review, AEW style. Um, but, you know, uh, listen, it's a, it's a Four Corners Lucha Libre style episode today. So much happening in wrestling world this week, uh, you know. And probably the, the second or third biggest story to happen this year happened again. Another episode of dynamite, Tony Khan, just knocking it out of the park with these huge moments throughout the year continually. Um, it's, it's finally feeling like, and this is a, not a take on the rest of the roster, but it's really starting to feel like we're getting our stars back. And I I felt that presence this week. This might be harsh. They had the opportunity to step up. I'm just, I mean, not that all of them got the TV time that they needed. The ones that were given TV time, though, that are not considered stars now, or at least we wouldn't say that, like, objectively right now. And and I'll say this, even arguably, our guy who stepped up the most just left to go back to Japan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's really true, honestly. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, so... I, yeah, that's, that's that's actually super true. Um, we'll get to him, but I mean, like you know, like I I don't know, man. Like it's a it's we're in a weird state of wrestling affairs. Everything is a work and a shoot now. Honestly, like we could have three work shoot storylines going in the sa- in this company at the same time, all at the same time, which I'm here for. If that's the case, that makes it feel real again. But like that's very true. But also, I <laughs> it's a little uncomfortable in some moments. Like I think it's making people feel uncomfortable because we haven't had that uncertainty the mjf stuff the stuff with punk and hangman the stuff uh there is a third thing i'm thinking of right now honestly it feels almost like the kip sabian stuff is almost a fourth work shoot storyline that's going on right now like because we don't know what's going on with that neither does kip so like you know like (laughs) yeah i mean he's been called out now by um pack and kenny omega so I mean, it'd be cool yeah. if he had a match like on Dark with Kenny or something like that, and then had a match with Pac at the pay per view. That'd be kind of cool. I'd be, I'd be, uh, I'd actually be really into that, honestly. I'd, I'd buy think. into it. You know, um, um, yeah, dude. So that being said, uh, yeah, this week we got a couple returns to talk about. Yeah, uh, we had our first matches in the tournament. We got some news that we're going to be diving into, including the alluded kind of CM Punk stuff, Kenny's return, a little bit of MJF updates. We got some contract resignings, and we had some debuts at the tapings for dark that'll be in the coming weeks but we'll yeah we'll talk about Two, the three debuts. weeks from now we'll probably see this stuff usually we don't talk about it ahead of time but we've kind of changed the way we think about that yeah, and i'm glad we did because last time we talked about the trustbusters forming on the tapings and they've actually been a big deal including yeah, the they're, they're tournament match huge so, key part of the show going forward it seems like they're going to be like a big heel tag team for for a little while here which i'm, I'm happy with because i've been saying it for months i've been banging the drub of ari davari on this on this show you know relentlessly as he's only been on dark and you know what Hopefully it was me that he heard, but it might have been other people because there's other people out there that like Ari Davari. So, absolutely, um, well, well deserved. Uh, but as always, uh, before we get to favorites, I'm going to go ahead and just do a couple of orders of business. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bane Duke. That's B A N E. Sorry, B A N E D U K E. Wow, that's the first time I screwed that up in a while. And you can follow Charlie at O Charlie was it X instead of an A. Normally I'm so smooth with this. I'm just I'm all kinds of off today. I screwed it up once already. Let's just. Let's just get on, but uh, you can also, you know, follow, subscribe, uh, whatever the button is on whatever podcast platform, Google, Apple, or 
Spotify. You can you can listen to us on all those platforms. Isn't that crazy? And also, uh, what's that one podcasting platform that added us? That's like uh, it's a uh, like yeah, Podnods. Shout out you guys on Podnods and on Spotify. Uh, over two hundred of you have hit that follower button on us, so we really appreciate that and checking it Absolutely. up in your feed. We we Absolutely. love that man. That that gets us excited and. We're going to have uh, more cool. shows coming people up. just on Spotify. We used to like, that used to be where yeah. people would listen to the show total. That's pretty cool. I like, I like seeing you guys out there. And, and now when coming up at the end of the month here, we got full gear, which is as you guys have, if this is your first time following us through this pay-per-view cycle, we got three shows that weekend. And then we got grand slam, which ends up being a big show, like sometimes two shows itself. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's uh it's oh yeah, I forgot we're doing another Grand Slam this year. It's like twice a year, right? Isn't it an event or whatever? It's yep, one early. We, in the we'll year, do whole prediction shows because we love we love predictions. I mean, we're fucking the uh, first Grand Slam rant won us over. All right, we do predictions like it's a pay per view. Shut up. <laughs> the first Grand Slam, man, it was I'm, so good. I'm oh my kidding goodness, you, dude! I might rewatch the matches above that. Fucking the Punk match. Grand Slam match. Oh, anyway, oh. Kenny Omega Danielson. I mean, it doesn't get better, man. It doesn't get better. So I forget who he faced, but I remember Punk's match. I don't know. I was like, I remember whatever Punk was doing. I was just like, we had some awesome favorites, and we really did. Uh, We okay. This was a week we were talking about this before the show. Like, there's some weeks where we don't have to talk, we don't have to say anything to each other, we don't have to share notes. We don't anyway. But even if we did, like, we don't have to compare notes. We would have had the same two matches as we would have chosen between this week. Uh, it's an odd week, right? I believe, or is it? Even? Yep, it is an odd week. We got odds, so that means I'm flipping it first, and that means I got first draw. But like I said, it would have been one or the other either way for both of us this week. We both agreed on that. For me, it was our boy Daniel Garcia, the best sports entertainer in the world, taking <laughs> on the best technical sports entertainer in the world. All right, sorry. Let me get let me get my let me get my shit correct here. Taking on the actual greatest technical wrestler in the world, which is Brian. Danielson in a two out of three falls match. This is Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia three. We had it twice this year already, and now we're getting the payoff and uh, just a hard hitting, very technical match. Like I suggested in in the prelude, um, there was just absolutely no respect for his mentor being shown in this match from Garcia. He just wanted to hurt, as he said in his promo. And people say that Garcia can't cut a promo, and they're probably right. He, he's not that good, right? He can cut them when he has to, though. Last week was an example. It was a very short promo, but he said he wanted to hurt his mentor. You know what I mean? And that got across to me in this match. Um, and there was like a sequence where there was like a butterfly suplex into a Juji Gatami. They were just doing all kinds of really cool, unique stuff with submissions. Oh my god, yeah. That kind of sort of match that Danielson has every now and then with a submission guy where he'll be like, can we have this unique, different kind of wrestling match that I've had with other people? And he kind of lulls into it and they're like, yeah, we can do that. And he's like, oh, okay. And so they start doing lots of things. I think uh, we haven't seen Garcia hit an ankle lock on anybody like really seriously in a while. Um, and we saw that in this match as well. This is like my kind of wrestling match. Oh my God, the backdrop suplex spot on the floor. That looked absolutely Dude, brutal. So beautiful. So beautiful. Um, you just I like that Garcia. Though, that this is the okay. type of match, dude. This absolutely when we clamor for that, it it's stuff like this. It's the potential that this delivers. Absolutely, uh, I like the the first fall for Garcia too. Garcia going up one, I like. It's still like he still has the edge. You know what I mean? You almost wonder, oh, is Garcia actually going to win this? Is he going to sweep him? Um, and he choked him out to get it too, which is a callback to how he'd beaten him the last time. You know what I mean? So I like that. 
Uh, and then he mocked the yes chance. The crowd was really like into hating Daniel Garcia during this match. You know, if anyone has any real heat. Oh, the DDT on the exposed concrete. God, it's just adding more to that. Danielson just leaning into the stuff about his head. He sees what people are saying online, you know, or maybe he hears it. I doubt he sees it. But, you know, he hears what people are saying online about his head and the head injuries and all that. And he wants to fuck with you. So he does that kind of stuff, you know. Um, and then them uh, blading Danielson, you know, on you know dives under the ring really quickly. Oh, you know, slice it open. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, they got to do it, but yeah, I, I like that Danielson just barely catches him to get the second fall. It's not like a, a extremely technical. He doesn't tap him out. He just barely catches him and he gets him. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, I like that, and the charlie can you remember off the top of your head what the third fall actually was i cannot remember it it wasn't like so, the same yes our third fall um they were kind of going back and forth uh really tired mm-hmm. garcia was not strong enough to hit a pile driver so yes. he, he just kept going for like these desperate strikes mm-hmm. danielson then applies the labelle lock lays in that's the right. elbows leading to a referee stoppage it was that's about right 26 minutes uh total that's right. That's right. That's right. I forgot. That was a great ending, by the way. Um, which th- the story of the match was obviously Danielson is still the best in the world. That's not going to change anytime soon. Um, shout outs, obviously, to um, to any of the other people out there claiming that. But Danielson has it until you prove otherwise. So I just think I think that's just the case. But um, Garcia is is hot on that trail, I believe. I think he might be the young one that's potentially going to take that crown next. The story of the end of this match, though, was Danielson yes. grabbing a microphone and calling out Garcia. And they go back and forth, like, well, not really back and forth, but Danielson basically says to Garcia, you're what the crowd ends up shouting at him, which is, you're a wrestler. Do you want to be the greatest sports entertainer or do you want to be the greatest technical wrestler? It's going back to the same thing again, you know? And it's hinting at the idea that Garcia is going to potentially, I don't know if he's going to turn face because it's not really a heel face faction, the the BCC, but the idea of of us getting this early in the year, getting Garcia potentially joining the Blackpool Combat Club. And, you know, that that ending and those chants, it kind of plays off on the psychological warfare that Daniel Garcia is dealing with. And that's something that both of our favorites, obviously the main event as well, uh, they both dealt with were these psychological battles that you could see within the ring. You felt it in this and you felt it in the main event. And Man, the storytelling in AEW is just so much more subtle. Like some things are just going to go completely over people's heads and that's fine. This but is like CM Punk ever wanted. He, if, if, if there was a character analysis of how he's done himself in this company, he pretty much latched himself on a 2.0 and they kind of took it to that next level with him. And now he's here, and this is why – because Jericho attacked Danielson, and Garcia shoved him off and slapped away a handshake. So now we get this dissension between Jericho and Garcia. Absolutely. Which we're going to see. God, I want to see that match so bad too. Like, Here's here's the only thing I'm going to say. If he doesn't join the combat club, that means we'll get the third match between these guys, and I I think we're all – The fourth match, technically, but yes. Yeah. And if he does join, well, holy shit, here we go. Yeah, then then it's Garcia versus Jericho at All Out. 
and the story with him and Yuta as two guys that have been trying to, you could, there's like this story here that they've, they've really been grinding the same path within AEW. Yuta went the Blackpool club, combat club. Garcia goes this way. And one way they've had these parallel journeys. Yes. And that, I, I would love for there to be some sort of dissension in the Blackpool combat club because of that. Because he doesn't like him. Because it, yes. why are you letting this guy in here? I worked my ass off to get here. Your championship. And it's so cool, man. And it's so neat uh, that Daniel Garcia has found himself in this spot. Um, and then just what, what I'll add about the match. Because everything yeah. you said, I, I agree with. Mm-hmm. This was a technical battle. And I do think this was even better than their last match. Um, even with three commercial breaks. You still, I never felt out of the match. They were good. They were placed well, I think. I never felt for a second I was out of it. And Garrett, I got to say, man, when they, when this match started and they were just jockeying for position, put, putting each other in different holds, and then instantly jumping to like a hard chop exchange, I, I was just so excited. Didn't it feel like it just flowed supernaturally too? Like they weren't planned out spots. They were just like, what are we going to do? This is how I wrestled next spot, next spot. You know what I mean? They just knew what to do. These guys made it feel so important what they were doing. And honestly, I kind of sent you a message uh, after the show. I was like, "It's, it's dynamites like this that make me remember why I got back into wrestling and why I I love it so much. Because... This match is this match was my favorite dynamite match of the year now. Now I have a new favorite dynamite match. And of course it's between these two guys, right? A fucking course. And the after the match, the uh exchange they had, to me now now we're locked into a bigger story. So this story's not done yet, which makes me so happy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we're so, either going to get like a multi-month-long Jericho versus, uh, you know, Garcia feud, which I think we've already technically had, but like it could or, actually be yeah. good. Or Jericho convinces him even more on the dark side. And mm-hmm. Jericho was really good on commentary here, by the way, because Jericho's always putting Daniel Garcia, and even though he does it in a, in a way as a heel, he puts Danielson over too. And oh yeah, I, I thought mean, he did fantastic. And also the Ricky the Dragon steamboat out there that was kind of cool. So. And by the way, I just want to say this to anybody out there that just doesn't see what we see with Daniel Garcia. What I would say is I understand that he's not like the perfect demonstration of what a a truly technical sound wrestler should be. That term doesn't even mean the same thing as what we I think what wrestling commentators even mean when they say a technical wrestler nowadays. You don't really hear commentary use that term. And I think it's because it's kind of a meaningless term at this point. Best technical wrestler in the world is an opinion. What Garcia is, though, is potentially he could have a legacy like Danielson's. And I I think that's something to aspire for any professional wrestler, you know, like. And that's absolutely. And that's the story that they're trying to tell. So let's get into the other favorite, which was my favorite this week. Um, Since we have to pick two, sometimes we both agree, but we always put two out here to kind of fill out the because we like to. This is one of them weeks where, like, the two matches that we have are just such, like, I could recommend either of these matches as, like, first matches to somebody. Now, would they get it? No, but, like, quality-wise, if I was looking for a high-quality match to show somebody from AEW, either of these matches. And and we like to wax Rapsonic about the stuff that we love, and that's what we love to uh, really talk about. So, 
it was, of course, the Dynamite main event. The AEW World Trios Championship Tournament quarterfinals, the Young Bucks, and the returning Kenny Omega. And they defeated La Faxion and Gobernable, El Andre Alitalo, Roosh, and Dragon Lee with Jose the Assistant, and Brandon Cutler was also out there. So I saw one thing pointed out that I was like, okay, Dragon Lee's literally never been in the company before. Nope. And was not teased at all other than that he was going to be in this match. It's it's just that he's Roosh's brother, so it's kind of just like, you just... I feel like everyone kind of just knows, but if you don't know, uh, yes, but you should, you should be able to not know, you know what I yeah. mean? Or maybe they yeah. should have been like, this is Dragon Lee and a little thing when he, when they came out, you know what I mean? Yeah. And showing and, like a, like a 30 second clip of him doing something from Ric Flair's last and match holy or something. Shit, if this was their first ever time seeing Dragon Lee, they walked away excited. Uh, oh, well, yeah, but I just, I wish they would have known. I, there's probably people in the crowd. They probably, I'm guessing there's at least a few people in the crowd that were like, who, you so know, like we kind of alluded to it earlier, how that this match was also psychological warfare because this match was about Kenny not being all the way there. Mm-hmm. And you saw that in the most obvious example was his one winged angel. He couldn't, he couldn't hit it right. You know, Kenny, Kenny doesn't, he, he's already kind of not trusting himself in, in character. Of course, dude, this could go on for months and mm-hmm. he just isn't right. You know what I mean? Like I've heard people suggesting that like this yep. is because there was moments. Just, oh. There was another moment of Kenny when, it's it's like a certain move they do in the corner when he does a roll up and tags either Matt or Nick in. Mm-hmm. He fell on his ass and couldn't get up. Oh yeah, I liked that. That was subtle. He might have just screwed that up. Even he, though it worked. You know what I mean? Like, and you kind of see him shake his head, and it's like, damn, damn, I can't do this. I so mean, yeah, I mean, and then there's also they were not the only side. Andrade the entire match did not trust Dragon Lee, and when you watch it. And you look for it, it's very evident. He did not trust him for one second. And that's why he let him do all the dirty stuff. And then at the end, which, by the way, I'll talk about the rest of the match in a second. I love how AEW shot that. Because recently on Raw, they shot a Dexter Loomis angle where it was kind of like he snuck in the arena, right? Mm -hmm. WWE played it off so well because they showed it like four different times throughout the night. And then at the end, he's the closing thing is he's getting wheeled off. Yes. See, the way I look at it, AEW is kind of a different audience. I mean, we all know this. Yeah, they, they're not going to. More of a quote. They won't go for that usually. Yeah. And I'm doing a quotation here. It's a little more of a smart audience. So it's a you book it a different style. And the way that they shot the Dragon Lee thing at the end, where Andrade rips off his mask and starts beating him and how quick they cut the camera, whether it was on purpose or it wasn't, because now it seems it was on purpose because they're talking about it on dynamite this uh, following week. Mm-hmm. They shot it in a way where Andrade shot on shot on dragon Lee in the ring. They, they made it feel like even the, the young bucks, when they're walking away, they're like, wait a minute, what's going on? That shouldn't be happening. Which is so funny considering uh, the news we're about to talk about CM Punk and MJF, <laughs> but it's almost like Andrade shot on him in the ring. And that's what gets the conversation flowing another way. Cause everyone's like, why did it end like that? Wait, what if I was talking about at the top of the show, man, when everything, when, is it great that everyone is being worked now? I mean, maybe can that make wrestling exciting again? I mean, that's I, kind yeah. of, and I think, the attitude I think with was, AW, you know, like, it, it only benefits from it. Cause then it gets us more into the storyline. Cause the, and they see the success with how well it worked with Kingston and Jericho. So now you're going to see it in other stuff. And Andrade needs something to do. Like the, Andrade's way too talented to constantly be pushed to the side on these storylines. So they're going to clearly move this way with him, which brings me to the match. I know I've spent four minutes talking about other stuff. I thought the match was amazing. 
Oh yeah, I thought it was phenomenal. I mean, on paper, the match sounds incredible. It, it, absolutely, like... and I think Garrett, this is the perfect start to the tournament. This set truly, the tone really well. Oh my, it God. really does, man. And I think the tournament match on Rampage delivered to unbelievable extents as well. Uh huh. But dude, I just when Andrade and Kenny Omega got in the ring together. I just kind of got like like goosebumps almost. That's, that's, man. I, I, God, I want that match so badly. That's one of those matches when Andrade, Garrett and I, we were such big fans of Andrade, and we constantly put him over when we would uh, talk about NXT or talk about when we had our. our I would complain for months when they changed his name. I was so mad. And one of the names we would always pitch him with was like, "Yeah, well, watch what happens when you put him with Kenny," because when they put him with Johnny Gargano, we had a fucking five star match, and we were like, "This is fucking proof. This is all you need." Was that the match where he where he won the NXT championship instead of going to the main roster like everyone thought? Yep. Oh, and yeah. It was a five-star match, and it was absolutely fucking incredible. Still one of my favorite NXT matches. But, man. One of the most shocking NXT title changes I think I remember ever seeing. Like. Yeah, right? Uh, let me just say this, though. I thought, I thought Omega looked great in the match, playing off his character of, you know, he doesn't trust himself. I thought Dragon Lee doing all the spots that he could. Also, Dragon Lee thinking, going for the handshake at the beginning. I don't know if that was on purpose or not. Yeah, I don't, I, that, that was almost like a more, like if, if the but, whole story uh, was they were turning on him, then that could have been one of the subtle things that pissed Andrade off. You know what I mean? Matt didn't, uh, didn't shake his hand, but the other two did. But man, I got to say, I, I thought, I just thought this worked on every level. I mean, uh, the Kenny Omega hot tag to hit his dragon, snapdragon suplexes. I'm, I, seeing those again every week just makes me happy. Kenny Omega's Snapdragon suplexes in Japan were literally some of the things that drew me into him. I was like, "This, what the fuck is this guy?" Uh, but no, what I mean, was crazy was like, yeah, he he made you feel like, oh, he's not a hundred percent. But what's also crazy is pretty much did everything he normally does. You know what I mean? Like exactly, he just added a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of something at the end of every move, a little bit of flavor to make it feel like he's not a hundred percent, and they can play with that. You know, like. Absolutely. And well, imagine if they like if they made it to the end of the tournament and then like the story was Kenny couldn't get it done. And oh, could you imagine the story they would t- it could tell with that? Well, like, I, I truly think if they win this tournament, it should be Kenny finally hitting the one winged angel perfectly. I feel like there's not enough time for that. There's only going to be like like eight matches, right? Yeah, like, there's only two more matches or one more match. Yeah, uh, they would face the winner next week and then in the finale. So, so yeah, two uh, more the, matches for them. Yeah, so it'd be like the biggest yeah, spot here was it was the Young Bucks super kick spot. Finally back again with Kenny, which kind of alluded to the, uh, you know, after the little struggleness. And then they went for the Terminator collapse. Kenny kind of really couldn't do it. He struggled with his knee. And then Jose tripped him up on the dive. Um, Lafaxion set Omega up on the guardrail. And then Lee hit that top, uh, that Topekun hero. Mm-hmm. Wiping Kenny Omega into the front row. They cover for two. And again, notice Andrade kind of, wanted him to do there's something there man i think they're going to touch it next week it was andrade, yeah, we was get andrade versus dragon lee and like it's like a test to see you know if you can beat andrade you can say but if not get the fuck out of here or something like i don't yep. know like and yeah dude so it just everything went so well and we already talked about the finisher but andrade uh, omega hit it on lee and yeah I, I just and then after andrade attacked dragon lee so yeah man this was there was a lot here. 
I kind of went all over the place because there was just so much to talk about with this. Yeah, there's, there's just like there was insane flippy shit. There was a really nice triple vertical suplex at one point and drop kicks, and there was also the double spot of common Geary's that they did back to back on Dragon Lee in the corner. That was sick. Oh, so um, good. Just so oh, glad and they followed that up with a cannonball senton for Matt. I think I mean, that was like it's a great yep. sequence. Like, yeah. Oh. So, oh, any. I mean, what what are what are any of the thoughts from you on this match, man? I mean, just. Uh, absurdly high quality match. Uh, you know, it's going to piss off all the, you know, marks for old school wrestling because of course it is because it features the young bucks and Kenny Omega. Uh, but they got so much fucking it's, that's, what's crazy, man. Like this is exactly the kind of match those people hate. And I love that this kind of match main eventing dynamite just made them so angry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's all I have to say. Just fuck yourself. <laughs> Enjoy wrestling. What the hell? You know, like. <laughs> exactly. And like Kenny said after the show, man, AEW is a smorgasbord of wrestling. And he pointed out all the different types of matches that you'll Yeah, get. and he also said we're cat shit. Fuck Kenny. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the fact that this match and the Danielson match happened in the same night and they're both our favorites and they're so fucking different. I mean, that's just. That's AEW, man. That is AEW wrestling. So, that being said, Garrett, uh, yeah, yeah. That was a good. T- that was a good. Uh, nice quarter of the show there. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's get into some news, right? And then we'll get into some dark and the we'll because we like to cover the dark. News. You guys know how it is. And then we'll cover the rest of the dynamite and rampage shows. So news this week. Uh, I didn't actually pick a starting point, so let's start here. Okay. So we haven't seen Paige Van Zant for a little bit, and that's because she had been training for a fight at BKFC twenty seven. Um, she was scheduled to face, I'm just going to believe it's Carissa, on uh, Saturday's card at the London, but the fight had been pulled. So it was, Paige kind of went on to say, she went entire camp and weight cut to be pulled a week out. I did not pull from my fight. I was pulled. She's pissed off and heartbroken. And so Paige's fight was pulled and she's very upset about it. But because we're, because I'm sure people are wondering, you know, where's Paige Van then? She just had that big spot because... Well, she's an actress. I have brought it up a few times when we brought up the Sammy stuff. Like, yeah. it swallowed that whole story. That whole entire faction got swallowed by that story. You know what I mean? Yeah, so her being an actual fighter, I, I'm I'm kind of sad because I know if she had won that fight, that that would have been Oh, that would have been huge. She would have definitely come back and gotten a big push in AEW, 1,000%. You know what I mean? So uh, there's a little update on her. Um, another update on someone that's not in AEW currently is uh, Tegan Knox. Okay. And because every time there's, you know, a new woman that's going to be signed or something that people are always, always it's she's one we bring up a lot. Yeah. And she was finally able to express why she hasn't been able to wrestle since her WWE release and it's visa issues. Didn't Piper Niven have a similar issue recently? Like a visa issue or not Piper Niven. Sorry. Somebody on the Indies had it. Like, it's like Piper. Yeah, someone did, was... but I don't know, but she's, she's been joking that it's been a boring eight months, but that she can at least go to Disney World every day. She said, basically, because I haven't gotten the visa or green card, I can't wrestle. So she's just kind of shutting down the rumors that she's been retired. So, which funny is that? Why do people always assume when you don't hear anything that they're retired? Dude, Same thing with actors. And actors. It's like, oh, you haven't worked in eight months? What, are you retired? All right. Um, <laughs> give the best right. for last year. We got some good news. Uh, Angelo Parker and Matt Menard have signed AEW contract extensions. Little taste. Well deserved. By the way, uh, well, I'll save that. He was fucking amazing on commentary. Oh, oh dude. And I heard that that's going to be for the next couple of weeks. That's going to be a oh thing. Oh, my he's hurt. God. He was so good. 
So if that's going to be the next couple of weeks of elevation, you know I'm about to be repping the daddy magic love. You know what I mean? So Sunday featured the some more AEW Dark Universal tapings. We won't dive into results. We don't do any of that because – Nope. But what we will say are people that were there or maybe something happened because – Let's face it. It's just going to be relevant if those guys are needed right away. Yeah, we should do because sometimes we don't talk about it and then it's not relevant to bring up what happened previously, like in the news later on. We'll just it just we'll just talk about it as if it's happening in real time because it is. So so two former WWE guys, um, one which was a tag team champion NXT, Mr. Weston Blake was in a match and No Way Jose, now known as. uh. No, I can't find it. Uh, Levi Venezuela? Maybe it's what it looks like. So, yeah, cool. Um, the tr- the Trustbusters, I guess, uh, adding an indie standout. I'll save the name. So the Trustbusters are adding more. So this is something, since it's very relevant, because we do talk about Bear Country. Bear Country finally are getting repackaged. Wait, they- wait, Buried Country? Yeah, Buried. Literally, they, they were, man, that, oh. I remember we were joking about that. And they literally got go back to season one of our podcast in the first like 12, 13 episodes and just see how m- mad I was about the way Barry traded Bear Country. So Bear Country are now going by the Iron Savages. And they also got a new manager in JT Davidson. So yeah, cool, man. I You need a repackage for this team straight up. So I hope it works. It's a thick division and yeah. Um, there's some Anthony Henry stuff I won't get into. Um, Kayla Rossi, Zach Clayton, AR Fox, Caleb with a K, and Madison Rain were all in singles action. So a lot of kind of high-profile indie wrestlers. And I will just say this. Uh, AR Fox wrestled Dante Martin, and I cannot fucking wait for that match. That should be fun. That is going to be awesome. Um, Other than that, yeah, we'll talk about the, what's happening next week and it all out at the end of the show. And let's get into the stuff here. Okay, starting with MJF. MJF is expected back in AEW to quote sometime soon. Does this mean all out, Garrett? I think it could mean... Charlie, do you want me me to be a conspiracy theorist for a second? Hit me. We got a main event title match next week. Okay. MJF wanted a title shot before he left. Okay. MJF and Punk is arguably the best viewed in the last like 20 years of professional wrestling, let's be honest. Like I'm just being promo on the Thanksgiving grand uh, dynamite last year, which I actually watched with, that was the episode. I rewatched that promo like every two weeks, not even a joke, 20 minute promo. And it's fucking phenomenal. I literally put it on in the background while I'm playing video games because it just flows (laughs) so fucking perfectly. Like I, I will, dude, I can't believe it. I'll, we got to cover that fucking feud in the first season of our podcast, Charlie. What the hell did we do to deserve that? Yeah, anyway. I know, right? I'll just but. summarize what Meltzer kind of uh, – so this was broke by Meltzer. Mm-hmm. And what he kind of put was he's MJF is currently scheduled to be returning somewhat soon. We don't know the exact time, but negotiations for a new TV deal are likely taking place and starting in a few months or into the spring. So the TV rating numbers, probably September to whatever the deal is close, are the most important to date. So this recent drop is the worst time to have a drop. And that's kind of where – you start to wonder of are the stars being back and is having that title match next week. You see what I, I kind of see this is a little conspiracy theory, but that does make sense to me. If that is true, that 
yeah, we probably should put the world title and stuff like that more on the show. Mm-hmm. I also think now you get the idea of bringing someone like MJF back and having him in a really hot angle on a dynamite would be huge. So yeah, I hope, I hope that now the word is out that Kenny Omega is back and we got the title match next week. I'm very curious to see how those numbers will be. Um, but other than that, Garrett, uh, we have, I, I don't really know how to even where to start with this, but what I'll say is this, there's some recent AEW quote backstage drama and the idea here is that it's nearing some point. Okay, can I just stop you? I don't even know how to talk about this story. Like Again, agreed. So we, we might bounce a little bit all over here. We'll try and keep it a little quicker because, you know, it's it's not really that TMZ stuff, but it kind of is. So it's 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 hard. I mean, we don't really talk it's about it. It's kind of worse than TMZ stuff because I'm just going to be honest with everybody. This could be the second and maybe the third and possibly the fourth, as I hinted earlier on, time this year that Tony Khan – and a couple of wrestlers in AEW are just working the shit out of us, and we just don't know. I um, am, I hope it is, but so let's let's start with this, okay? I'll I'll read some yeah. quotes, and then you can kind of react to it, okay? So this is kind of all came from the Wrestling Observer newsletter, and it all and from Fightful Select. I know Fightful Select broke a lot of news, yeah. Because I don't want to talk about the Punk promo until we're talking about Dynamite in like fifteen minutes. Yeah, because we'll talk about it as a promo. Because we'll just talk about it as exactly. A promo. So. Yeah. So to summarize it, there, there's a ton of backstage drama involving many of the top guys that has gotten much worse in recent weeks. So the catalyst, Mel- Meltzer said that the catalyst is Colt Cabana being dropped from Dark Order with no explanation or angle. He is also not being brought to TV and was going to be cut. According to Meltzer, however, AW had Tony Khan sign him for the Ring of Honor instead. So this starts to make a little sense now if Hangman is boys with the Dark Order. And obviously, Cole Commander and CM Punk had the very famous falling out of lawyers and it went to court and everything. Yeah, the most infamous podcast of all time, probably. So you can kind of see where this is coming from. This comes on the heels of CM Punk calling out former AEW World Champion Hangman Page at the beginning of his promo and calling him a coward. However, the reference and the line, quote, coward shit weren't planned as Punk was supposed to stay focused on Moxley. So, this kind of comes along the lines of CM Punk went, I guess, because they don't get scripted in AEW. They just kind of give them a little bit of focus. Like, here, we want you to really sell that you and Moxley are, got super beef and you're, you're fighting. Ideally, we want to sell that you guys are having a big match next week. And there's so much heat that you need to have the match next week. Instead... Punk calls out Hangman, who's not even there, and he can't respond. And even if Hangman was there, what's he going to do? Run past Tony Khan? What, what's right, he like, do? Hangman's not going to be able to get approval yeah, to go it, what, out there. What's he going to do? Tony would have to panic and make a decision, like, right? which he's not going to do. Tony's going to so, just roll the cameras and just see what happens like he did with the MJF situation. We know what Tony will do because MJF already allegedly, even with like amount, whatever amount of scripting was involved, if there was, again, because we don't know what that situation either. That's why I compare them directly because, but like, it, it's, yeah, it makes you think. And then I'll close it with this and then I'll, I'll get your uh, thoughts on this. So yeah, yeah, the last thing here is. Even that the cabana issues were the catalyst, there's there's an air of an inevitability of problems. He said to quote, but even if Punk's page Punk's page callout didn't happen, it was probably going to happen for something else just given the nature of different personalities involved. 
It feels like a number of people are close to the breaking point if things don't get settled, he wrote. He didn't really go into details of which other top talents were having issues and with who or what, because obviously that's probably bad for everyone involved. But Hangman Page, CM Punk, is this now a work? Is this a shoot? We just went through this whole MJF thing. And as we kind of alluded to at the beginning of the show, this whole Andrade thing, they kind of booked it to feel like a shoot. AEW's really trying to blur these lines to get you to think these guys are actually like, and they, and I do think it's because they did it so well. I think part of, if this is all a work, the reason they're kind of pushing this line is because it works so well with Eddie Kingston. But is that just because it's Eddie Kingston? That's, at least if you're going to do it, you're doing it with like supreme fucking stars. So, well, right. And they involved Eddie in this too. So, and we've suggested that we want the main event of Arthur Ashe to be Eddie Kingston versus Punk for the title. Absolutely. So, all that information, Garrett, just, it just kind of hits you. So, so we, what are your thoughts on all this? Where, so where the key things that I think we should point out is that one okay. of the things that has been said is that part of why, uh, if we're going to work with it's not a work, let's just, I'm just going to operate out of that assumption for the next statement. I'm not saying that's what I believe. I don't really know what I believe, but um, assuming that it's not a work, the com- contention is that Hangman went into business for himself, calling Punk out when he wasn't supposed to, which upset Punk. And I pointed out to you that there was promo after that point where Punk could have gotten his revenge if he really wanted to. Yep. So if it really was beef, would he not have done it then? I don't know. I don't know the kind of person that CM Punk is. I don't know if he would just be professional. I have no idea. I've, I've never met the man. But it, it is interesting that he didn't. But then it's also really fascinating to me that Hangman would do that in the first place, knowing the position he just was in as the champion for and you really would think that if hangman was going to i guess he technically did call him out while he was still the champion but like you know what i'm saying like, it's, like, it's a weird it'd be a really strange timing yeah yeah and i there's like, a lot I of just it's 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 so many angles to this because if it's a work then it's one of the it's a great work because i actually believe that there was some heat between the two because of people not knowing and and this is okay. And this is something I'll also point out. This is kind of the problem about wrestling journalism, by the way, is that like the other part is that it's such a confusion because we don't know for sure whether the stories we're hearing from the wrestling news is real right now. Because sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. You know, like it, it feels like, yeah, because you want to hope that those guys aren't getting work too. I mean, that's why we usually only reference uh, Fightful Select or Meltzer on our show because I'm sure a lot of people have probably read some other stuff like CM Punk threatened to quit and. This and that, but none yeah, of that he was allegedly going to walk out. Exactly, but they, none of then that they had the segment later, and that and now they're saying I've heard I've heard one of the things I've heard is he's going to drop the title next week and leave the company. And it's like we don't we don't really mention bring up that. I don't think that's going week. to happen. By the way, let me be clear. Exactly, because <laughs> if Mel if it does or, though, or wow, select, what a story! Break that down, and because even select, I'm kind of rereading through this right now. Um, even select is saying stating that punk any any aggregations that punk quote threatened to quit do not reflect our report because that's what people have kind of started taking what happens is these other sites take some of these reports mix them up a little bit or try and 
take something and put it into their own words and it comes across differently or this and that. And maybe they get information from someone else, but I am Garrett. I, all I'll say is this, and then we'll kind of move on. Yeah. I'm not surprised that that Cole Cabana thing, when that happened, it didn't go silently. We pointed it out on the show. Yep. And I, I remember bringing up the punk and him drama from the past and being like, I don't think it's connected to that. Cause I don't think CM Punk's that petty. Maybe he is. And Maybe he I, was like, I will literally won't be your champion if you have Colt on the show or something. I don't know. I I don't know what to believe anymore. I, I don't but either. If this and is a work, then it's great because it's going to be a great pay-per-view sell for Hangman versus Punk 3 or 2 or whatever. I'll, I'll tell you what. If this is a work in Cabana, like a tax Punk for Hangman or something fucking crazy like that, the, that would be awesome. People will, people will lose their shit. Can you imagine the, the – that would be a great main event. Isn't uh, isn't freaking uh, – isn't uh, where is Cabana from? Is he from uh, New York? I don't even know. I feel like he's from Chicago, but I I don't he know. Is, that I think he is from Chicago, actually. Oh. Well, fuck <laughs> it. Have a dynamite. Just schedule a dynamite for Chicago. I could figure it out. Let's send it. So uh, that being said, Garrett, we're about uh, we've reached. Fuck it, live ramp. You could schedule a new live rampage in Chicago. People would go to that. I you could totally do that. We need more live rampage. Agreed. So hmm. uh, Garrett, yeah. If Out you of the news. Hit elevation for us, and then Dark I'll hit elevation. Dark. Absolutely. AW Dark Elevation, episode number 76. Opening up with Tony Nese, the premier athlete, and Josh Woods, the technical beast, taking on Eric Cannon and Travis Titan. Um, they both look great together, and uh, they had like a little suplex neckbreaker move. I like it. I, I dig it. This, this team, that team looks like it's going to be a really good team in like a few weeks. Like they're going to be like, they're already feeling like they're firing on all cylinders, you know? Um, I wouldn't mind if they picked up a third for a trio. That, that'd be, I'd, I'd be okay with that. I don't know who it would be, but because um, you got the high flyer and sort of the technical thing. So I don't know what you would do. Maybe a heater? Who would that be? Yeah. Hmm. We'll see. There's a heater out there for them, I'm sure. Um, ooh, wait. You know who's loose right now? Hit me. Um, Lance Archer. So yeah, okay. that'd be interesting. Anyway. Yeah, he could, he could pull that together. I, I, we'll see. Anyway, um, and then uh, yeah, and they won with the suplex neck hip breaker combo move. And then in the next match, we had Reynolds, Ten, Silver, and Udo in a in an eight man squash. So it was a short match. It was effective. They hit the pendulum bob. Uh, this whole oh by the way, I forgot to mention this episode of Dark Elevation featured uh big uh, big sorry da- big daddy daddy magic Matt Menard. It's not big daddy anymore. He's daddy magic now. Um. And Matt Menard was really fun on commentary. He just, I love he didn't understand anybody's gimmicks. He was just calling everything out. Oh my out. God. And his back and forth with Excalibur was fucking unreal. Give me that every week. Yeah, absolutely. And I, from what I hear, we're going to be getting this for, for a little bit. So I'm, I'm, cause uh, Menard's allegedly, I think, hurt right now. So he it can't reminded wrestle. me to a sense of how much, like, when Kevin Owens would hit commentary. Or- Dude, I hope actually they scheduled Angelo for a few matches on Dark so he can commentate over them. Cause I think it'd be great. Yes, that would be so cool. Yeah, I, I would love it. Um, they could even come out together. Maybe he's not on commentary until they come out. Ooh, could you imagine on a long episode of Dark? That'd be great. Anyway, then uh, it was so, but that, that match was fine. The one with the pendulum bomb, like I said. And then we had Serena Deeb taking on Sierra. Uh, Sierra's been on a few times. I don't think they're going to sign her, although I didn't think they were going to probably sign Kylan King or uh, who's the last one? They just, there's someone it looks like they're going to sign now, too. They just had on again. I don't think it looked like, I think it was from last week. Maybe it was this week. Was it Widow? No, Willow's already on her contract, I think, with Ring of Honor, right? Isn't she? I I actually don't know that. Andy. I don't think Willow ever got unsigned from Ring of Honor because it feels at least like it doesn't feel like she did. Or she's under contract. I, Willow's Willow's on the roster, I think. I, maybe not. I, we'll fact check that. I'll look after this. She but anyway, the graphic. 
Um, there was a really good transition into the front face, excuse me, the front face lock spot. Like Serena was like tied up on the ground and then like flipped it around into a front face lock. I thought that was great. Um, Matt Menard stole the show. This whole thing that's flittered throughout my notes. This is a gnarly looking deep talks to end this match before she locked in this. Sorry, before she ended the match, I should say, because then she locked in the serenity lock because she just wanted to beat the shit out of this woman. Um, <laughs> and in the sad but you know, uh, true reality that we live in with all, you know, our fun had to come to an end. Eventually we have the final match here of our boy, Kanosuke Takeshita taking on Cesar Bononi, a great last opponent for him, by the way. I like that choice. Um, agree. Cause I didn't know when they first, cause Bononi's kind of like up and down. Like I like him, but I, you know, he doesn't get to wrestle that much. So I don't know what his level is. Like, I don't know if he's like super good or like average, you know, um, it's kind of feels like he was really good in this match. Um, Takeshi got a huge pop from the crowd, which I could tell it kind of made him a little like it was a little bittersweet because he knew he was leaving, you know. Um, and I, mean, I don't even know if this was actually the last match that he did. I don't know what order this was filmed in, like if he wrestled on TV after this or. But anyway, you know, yeah. I have no idea. But um, presumably, presumably not. But I don't know. Um, he had a really nice high stack on the Tiger Tiger Driver uh, after he did that for the cover. I thought that was nice. Flattened him with a knee at one point. Uh, which I thought was a great way to finish things off. I really hope we see. Oh yeah, because uh, Cesar, I don't think he'd re- realize the jumping knee was the finish or something because he had to hit him with another knee. But or maybe that was the plan. I don't know. It was a, it's a good, it's a very King's Road esque. You know, having oh I hit my finish, but it didn't it didn't win. So you know maybe I have to do something else. Uh, very very good there. Um, come back soon, Kenosuke. I, I already miss you, bud. You're gonna you're gonna be a nice hole in the roster there for a little while. Hope to see you back. Uh, good stuff from him man. though. Kanosuke always delivers. We actually had one of my I, – I, I'll keep saying this. Uh, every week, Julia Hart is getting better on Elevation. Keep giving me Elevation matches That's to review with her, guys. Man. I'll keep liking them because she's doing great. She took on free-range care this week. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a gimmick, by the way. Free-range care. <laughs> um, free-range. <laughs> she – anyway. Um, and uh, by the way, I love the theme that they gave her, man. What a great theme. Like – uh it's it fits her what she's doing right now perfectly um she leveled her with a clothesline excuse me blah, 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 blah. she leveled her with a clothesline looking very vicious out there i like this match and she won with that little neck crank give it a fucking name already god damn it uh oh, oh my god is that private party yeah that's fine i can't even i'm I've got no energy today i'm sorry everybody um but uh they had some good combination offense in this throughout the whole match and they pick up the one with gin and juice private party uh i have no idea what they're planning on doing with them i really hope they are planning a reunion with matt hardy because i'd actually like them to have i actually don't know why they ever broke them up it was silly they should have just stayed together it was fine imagine where Matt would be now jeff jeff might be better off i'm not i'm not saying that to be a dick i'm saying it because i think if they had all teamed up together and just done stuff instead of them being pushed into the title scene maybe that I don't want to say that, but it feels true, man. You know, like know what you mean, man. It, it's a it's a tough feeling, and it's it's so hard yeah. to not feel that way. Like, yeah, I love yeah. Jeff Hardy so much as a fan, but I I just want him to get better, man. I hope he is. Uh, but up next, we had the return of a wrestler we had not seen since all the way back in January in dark tapings. It's crazy. We have Penelope Ford, man. Yeah, so back on Dark One Twenty Eight. Which Welcome is thirty episodes of Dark ago, if you wanna if you wanna count. Thirty fucking episodes of Dark ago. Exactly thirty episodes. Uh, well, twenty nine, what fuck you. Anyway, um 
I, I just looked. I was like, oh shit, no, wait, it's actually it's one twenty nine. But whatever, it would be have to be. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, or one twenty seven. What? What a math. Fuck, fuck math. But it was Penelope Ford is back. All right. Um, welcome back, Penelope. Good to see you back. Uh, commentary on this episode was just hilarious. Uh, she beat the shit out of her. Kip was in the crowd. Little shout, little little nod to Kip at the beginning. Kip was like, "Yo, what's?" It's my wife, or whatever they are to each other, you know? Uh, yeah. And uh, it's always like, hey, yo, what's it's a high, look at this girl. Like, anyway, um, I hope they do something with Kip soon, man. Like, that's it's only going to be funny for so long, you know? Like, uh, she won with the Indian Deathlock. I liked that it was called that. Oh, you don't yeah. usually hear it called that. Uh, you know, it's usually referred to as other things, I think. And um, yeah, I liked it. I'm very, I got to say, seeing Penelope back in. You know, before she left, she recently had a feud that you and I really praised about. Oh, yeah. It was the tag feud with Bunny, and then it turned into a feud against Bunny. And they actually had a match. Bunny drew some blood, and I got to mm-hmm. say, I thought the match kicked ass. And seeing Penelope back, I'm like, dude, she is so fucking smooth still. Like, Yeah, she like she's like another one of those ones. Like her, Anna Jay, a couple of others, like they just came along so much more just in the course of wrestling all the time on TV and AEW. You know what I mean? Like, good to have people. We needed padding for this women's division. I and think that's part of the reason why they haven't been on. Seeing Penelope back, because they're – we'll get into a Rampage match again, but, I mean, I – I feel like the rust is gone. Like there was no ro- ring rust here. Yeah, she just stepped no. right back into the ring. Yep. Yeah. All right. It is good stuff. We got glad to have Penelope Ford back. Like I said, it's been it's been thirty episodes of Dark since she was last seen. So, speaking of people that are a lot on Dark all the time, we had the acclaimed taking on JT Energy, and I was gonna write down the other guy's name, but I didn't have to because fucking Max Caster told me this man's name. He was a broke ass Christopher Daniels. Damn. <laughs> uh max caster killed these guys on the mic man uh he called out the trump raid called him a broke ass christopher daniels called themselves the uncrowned champs ayo Ooh, give me dude it's, it's give me that title run bay bay crash all right let's uh let's go let's get that I, i'm excited that but what do we always say they just crowned new champions charlie what happens to the acclaimed the acclaim I, I i'm blanking they usually get a title shot and lose yep <laughs> Anyway, he, he wanted to pick up the one with the mic drop. Uh, it, was good, it was fine. It was whatever. And in the main event of the evening, we had Hikaru Shida and Thunderstorm, which is a hell of a team. Great fucking team. Hell of a team. Imagine that team versus like Sky Blue, uh, Sky Blue, Ruby Soho, and Riho. That's a hell of that's a, that's a new team versus Bailey. That's an AEW all out main event right now. Give me this trio versus Bailey's new trio Bailey, EO, and Dakota Kai. Give, give me that real quick. Anyway, um, that that versus uh, Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte. Anyway, um, anyway, so yeah, so that was. Uh, by the way, this match was great, uh, and we also had. Uh, they, they, I should say they were taking on uh, Marina Shafir, Nyla Rose, and Emmy Sakura. Emmy Sakura was uh, accompanied by Balian Aki again. By the way, who I believe had a match on Dark again, and uh, I believe I liked that match as well. Um, dude, if you're gonna bring in Balian, bring back May Saruka, bring back Lulu Pencil. I want to see more of this. Hell, somehow convince uh, Riho and also Hikaru to join. One Make a our massive Joshi uh... faction and take over the world, damn it. All right. Hell yeah. Agreed. Also, why the fuck did Thunder Rosa go to Tokyo Joshi Pro for like one week, by the way? She was supposed to be gone for forever and she was gone for like a week. Champ. Champ business. 
Anyway, um, and with that, that takes us to AEW Dark episode 157, the Remix Jode special. Let's go, let's go. And this was taped about a month ago. Um, Ari Davari with Slim J and Parker Boudreaux defeated Fuego del Sol and honestly a pretty competitive match. Um, Fuego was killed about three times. Um, the crowd towards the end got fully behind him and it didn't matter. Ari Davari kicked his ass. Fuego del Sol, please join the Dark Order soon. Thank you. Um, now Ari won with the uh, frog splash and then after the bout he bragged about his investments and how they keep going up. Stocks are going up. See, no sunny kiss here because, you know, it was taped a month ago. Hey, let me just say something. Hit Those me. fucking guys were in the crowd in this taping, too. Go fuck yourselves. Yeah, hopefully they weren't at the uh, the one that we had. I bet they were. I bet they fucking listened to the, our podcast somehow, and they're going to fucking, they're going to say ESE is garbage now or something also, and they're in their chance somehow. And, like, then we'll have heat with the people backstage somehow, and then, you know, it's it's just not going to go well. I'm just saying. And then we Fuck have my two guys. favorite, uh, I, 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 I've always thought as Willow not being signed, but I was going to say non-signed people that AEW needs to pick up. We had Willow Nightingale defeat Robin Renegade, the Renegade twins, and Willow. Um. So she tried to do the twin magic. It wouldn't work, though, as Nightingale nailed Charlotte with a doctor bomb shortly after the victory. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this was this was pretty solid. Again, yeah. I think snap on the spine buster and the doctor bomb looked great. I mean, which I think suggests that Robin Renegade is actually pretty good selling. So, you know, agreed and put keep putting them in the ring with these vets. Willow's a fucking vet. And she's so good. I, I just. I don't know. They gotta hey, let's let's get Willow on TV a little more here, or it's, give her the fucking give her the the graphic, something. Brock Anderson defeated Serpentico. That's how you know this was taped a month ago. Brock Anderson was on it. Holy shit! Yeah, right. Uh, Company by Armed Anderson. He hit a DDT and and then a spinebuster for the win. GG. I like to give him a singles run. You know, Brock Anderson. You know, I'm a, a controversial opinion. I think he's actually TV ready. As a heel, what I actually think the limited like nature of his moveset would be perfect as a heel. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, "Man, he just doesn't have that pop. He doesn't have that thing in his moveset that makes him." But maybe that's because he's not a babyface. Maybe there's something here because I don't remember all the best heels ever in the history of wrestling having really complicated. I'm telling moves. you where he's, where he's gonna be. Yeah. Can imagine him finishing people with like a crippler crossface type move or something. Like, can you imagine the heat he could get as like a, with the way his moveset works and the style that Arn used to wrestle? I, I just think there's something there. I might be crazy. I was bored to tears during this match, though. What's going to happen is in like eight months when the elite have gone through everyone and their cousins with those titles, FTR is going to challenge for the oh, by their cousins. Do you mean FTR. the undisputed elite members? Yeah, exactly. FTR <laughs> is going to challenge for those titles. With a mystery partner, and it's gonna be Brock. It has to be CM Punk. No, no, dude, it's gonna be Brock Anderson. No, I want it to be Punk. It. I want CMFTR. Oh, Give it to me. Those guys in the Four Horsemen. It just makes way too much sense. I, I see that being a trio. But this is after FTR. Oh, it hurts. It hurts because Shoddy Lee fits with them too. Uh. Yep. Um. All right. Abaddon defeated uh, Mafiosa. This was very quick. She had the Black uh, Dahlia for the win. And Helico defeated Abaddon. Before Aqu- we move on, two notes. Abaddon didn't wear as much paint, and I thought she looked great. Um, and uh, also, what the hell? Where's Abaddon been? You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully she's, again, yeah. Figure something out with her. And yeah, Helico. Yeah, but uh, how'd you say it? 
Balian Aki. Balian Aki. Uh, and it was defeated by Angelico. Angelico was just vibing as always. Always. He looked- Oh, by the way. Angelico's been winning with different submissions lately. I don't I don't know if he listens to anything out there. Who knows what the fuck's on those goddamn headphones? Angelico, if you're listening out there, I don't know why I'm saying this. Win with the stretch muffler, bitch. You won't. You won't. You won't do it. You won't do it. Flash forward to two weeks from now on elevation. Hits it. Uh, he locked in the octopus lock for the submission victory. Emi Sakura uh, defeated Renee Michelle. Always nice to see Renee Michelle. Um, she did not play the food here. She bounced Michelle right at the ropes, and she beat her ass quick. Um, Michelle hit a missile drop kick that was really cool looking, actually. And yes, she won with a second rope splash, followed by an underhook face buster. Emmy Sakura, ladies and gentlemen. Use her more. She's good. A lot of women on this show. I loved it. Uh, Josh Woods picked up a a victory here over Cobra. Change that name, boss. Come on. He took a, as a heel, took a selfie with somebody in the crowd, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, right? And then the Renegades are back on again. Sky Blue defeated Charlotte Renegade. Um, yeah, they were not messing around with the taunting. They had a series of arm drags. Renegades slammed Blue's head into the mat, hitting her with a great flatliner. I, I thought this this worked well. Um, Sky Blue hit a hell of a super kick here. I mean, dude, and Charlotte sold the shit out of it. Which yeah. kind of goes on to what we were talking about earlier. These girls know how to sell. They're young. They're twins. They, I, I don't. There's so much potential. Like here. twenty-three, right, or something like that. There's like, so much potential here with the Renegades. There's so I much think. opportunity with that. It's like Sky Blue is like a 24, 25 also, right? Yeah. Like, and just get you gotta Tony. Just don't let them go to NXT. For because the these gar- these girls will end up in NXT. There's no shot Triple H no, doesn't know about. They'll them. end up in NXT and they'll be fucking great. So don't be NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. I mean, yeah. Bear Country defeated Victor and Alex Rico. Um, I think this this was kind of the beginning of. Yeah, they're gonna try and do something with them, maybe. I don't know. Change. Uh, cool, man. You could put Bear Country. Man, if Leon Ruff can get into that too. Yeah, dude. The Iron Savages, man. We can we can do stuff with that. So, uh, they won with the double cannonball. Kayla Rossi. Hey. Oh my, imagine if they named it, changed his name to Leon Savage. Okay, I'm in. Dude, that would be awesome. <laughs> it was awesome seeing Kayla Rossi, and this was her first ever match. So wow. clearly Tony Khan picked her back up because they did that little thing with Joey Janela. She never got in the ring, but she has this look. It's it's kind of like a Jade look in a way where she's so much more like muscular than everyone else, and she has such a badass look that you instantly buy her as being better than the person she's across. So how do you do that? You have her hit fucking big ass moves might be a little bit simpler, but she hit big moves and the Avery bro sold her ass off and Kayla Rossi. Something to keep an eye on here, man. Remember how Marina Shafir started getting these squashes. I could definitely see Kayla doing the same thing. She's going to get these squashes and then she'll probably be called a, called up for something whether it's for the one of the titles you know before uh, before you move on to the benoni versus cross uh we actually have to go back we missed a match oh god i think or at least we didn't talk about it as much as i thought we should have um did we talk about their heat raju match um 
I believe it was Rohit Raju versus Invictus Cash for the 7,000th time. We, I actually don't even have it written down. No. Uh, let me just make sure it does exist as a match, and I didn't just invent this. Um, <laughs> do you have the uh, the link pulled up by chance? Um, I do. I don't even see it on here. Really? Where did I get that match from? I don't. I, okay, I remember. So I remember it because because the reason why I have it written down is because they announced in the match that I think that Raju was signed to Ring of Honor, basically. Like, okay. Maybe I invented this. This might have been something I invented in my head. That could have happened. I watched this at like four in the morning. So, um, <laughs> either way, either way, Raju deserves it. Um, I know. Last time we talked about him, we uh, nope. were saying uh, before you go saying that. Let me confirm, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Nope. I just double checked. Uh, I double checked uh, Pro Fight, and it, he did indeed have a match. So, okay, so I am correct. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So Kayla Rossi, uh, Cesar Pannoni with Ryan Emmett and Peter Avalon defeated Marcus Cross. Cool for Cesar. Uh, he's a big guy. He's a big dude. They, you know, trying to get him over. Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Blake Christian in our main event. All heart. Um, the crowd wasn't as into it as I hoped. But honestly, on paper, I really like this match. That being said, it was over pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, Christian attempted to gain some steam. Hobbs destroyed him with a clothesline. Went to the floor. Tossed him into the ring post. Hit a massive spine buster, picked up the win. Um, yeah, I mean, this is kind of unfortunately what Blake Christian and Anthony Henry and some of these guys get used for, but it's for the it's it's for the better of the show because I mean, at the end of the day, he's getting on the show and Powerhouse Hobbs looks good by beating someone that a lot of us love. So, yeah. Um, other than that, Garrett, I think it's time to hop into AEW Dynamite. And we covered the House of the Dragon. We covered the majority of this show, but yeah. Um, what AEW doesn't do often is open with a promo, and we open with CM Punk speaking, which is kind of fitting, seeing that we close with Kenny Omega. Uh, so I mean, straight up, Punk came out, and this was just a fucking awesome promo. He came out with the yes. world title, showered with chance. He challenged Hangman to a rematch. Hangman didn't come out. Punk called him a coward. And then he said, quote, everybody wants to be champ until it's time to do champ shit. He turned his attention to Moxley, saying Moxley might be number one in our hearts, but Punk is number one in the ring. Punk said Moxley has always been number two, and he's even the third best guy in his group. A recurring theme throughout his career, referencing the Shield. And in his group, I believe it's referencing that Claudio and uh, Danielson. So um, he's only been the interim champ, not the real one, but his friend Eddie, but his best friend Eddie is the third best Eddie and the second best Kingston he's ever shared the ring with. At All Out, Punk will do everything to the test that he's defend- as he defends his championship. He won't even be the first John he beat for a belt in Chicago. Not, I mean, he didn't say it like this because he probably didn't want to sound redundant, but for two belts certainly in Chicago even. Yeah. So, um, just we'll get to Moxley coming out in a second here, but uh, Punk's monologue here, I mean, this is CM Punk. This is what he does. Yep. He comes out, lights up the fucking crowd, lights up these wrestlers, and he makes that feud feel hot. We already talked about the hangman stuff, but what did you think about him fucking destroying Eddie? Dude, oh my god, I know I It makes me feel him. like that's like the, it, the this is why I kind of lean toward the work side of a lot of this because it felt like he called out Eddie, he called out Colt Cabana. He basically essentially called out Colt Cabana by proxy, you know what I mean? Like um 
which again, I hope that would be that would be a great title match to have now, especially even even if that wasn't the plan. You know what I mean? Just because you know he's you know you know he's going to be signed to Ring of Honor anyway, and you have no problem giving Ring of Honor talent shots on AEW television. So why not? You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, why not? Exactly. I, yeah, there's so much opportunity there. Like, and I just feel like. The only thing that was a little awkward about this to pull apart didn't quite work for me, but I mean, you know, I whatever they're not always going to work, you know. So, but I mean, yeah. And and speaking of that, so Moxley then comes, uh, he then his music hits. Yeah. Punk mocks how long it takes him to get to the ring. He's in the ring doing Snow Angels. I'm like, God damn it, CM Punk. Um, <laughs> Moxley then mocked Punk. He said, he said he's saying he's writing checks with his mouth that his body can't catch. Damn. Punk says Punk may think he's the best wrestler in the world, but to Moxley, a microphone is just a microphone. Neither belt means anything until he beats Punk. Moxley called himself the heart and soul, and Punk called himself the dollars and the cents. Damn. He cha- I, and again, I think that was literally off the hip. Uh, he challenged Punk and got in his face, but Punk said he'd wait until the pay-per-view, lest Moxley bleed all over him. Uh, they got in each other's faces. And Punk has no like, grounds to stand on there. He bled all over the place at his MJF. Oh, of course, of course. Um, then, like you said, AW Security came out to break it up. They are separated momentarily, and then they broke free and attacked each other again. See, luckily, they don't do that too often. They've really only done it for Wardlow in the past, like, six months. So the security thing didn't really feel like it was overused too much. Like, I know we used to feel that way when we would cover uh, uh, WWE a couple years ago. Well, they did. They would only ever do it one way, and they would only do it for, like, certain. It, it, it felt like they just – it was inconsistent over there. This made sense. Like, they never did it in a way that felt like – like I don't know, it, 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 the way AEW has done it, I I much prefer because it feels like it's an actual situation that could break down a lot of times, you know. Yeah, like absolutely. And uh, was it last week when Luchasaurus headbutted Pat Buck, or was it this week? But that's uh, kind of shit. Two I or three it. weeks ago, I think. But which is, but which I kind of am sad they glossed over. I mean, they mentioned that he got fined, but and that's why he wasn't there. Well, not sorry, he didn't get fined, but that's why he wasn't at Dynamite the next week. But like, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I mean, look, this this was a fun promo, and I thought, again, lots of lots of clicks can come out of that. I mean, there was lots Absolutely. of one-liners that you would hope. There's opportunities out the ass, but if it turns out to not be a fucking work, then it's a really bad look. That's all <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, you know? Yeah, that'll be a fun book in a few years. Carl uh, yeah. Hobbs was backstage and asked about attacking Ricky. Hobbs said he didn't need friends, and unlike Starks, he's not okay with losing. He was tired of Starks hiding behind his back. And as far as QT Marshall and the factory, Hobbs has something for them too. Cool. Uh, Jericho and Steamboat join commentary and the guest timekeeper for that match we talked we talked about. All right. After the match, we get a couple promos back to back here. Okay. Swerve and Our Glory and Private Party were backstage. They will face off on Rampage for the tag title. Private Party were proud of being ranked number five, but Swerve said they'd never win those championships. Lee said they'd send them back down the ladder. God damn. This show was hot, dude. This was... <laughs> Everyone was getting roasted and fucked up. Tony Nese came out. John Moxley... He, we didn't see what Tony Nese was coming out for. John Moxley crushed him during his entrance and demanded Punk come out and fight for the championship. Punk obliged, but the officials tried to stop him from doing so. They had to work really hard to keep Punk and Moxley apart, including Claudio and Wheeler Yuta coming out to restrain Moxley. Makes sense. I mean, if you're trying to sell that you have to have the match next week because you don't want them yeah. ruining your program for the next month, uh-huh. this makes sense. And I, I buy into that. I, I really do. I wonder what in kayfabe Tony Nese was supposed to be doing. Yeah, they didn't make that clear. Like, obviously it was a match. <laughs> yeah, right? 
but who was it going to be against? Do you want to? Who do you think he would have been wrestling? If Tony Nese is going to need to squash, who's the random random dark guy that they're going to bring up? I think we right were now? getting Tony Nese versus Baron Black, and Baron Black was going to win. That actually feels right because Baron Black's been on TV a couple times this year. So yeah, I could see it. <laughs> uh, Chris Jericho and, and they faced, so that's also a match that they would do because they always do a match whenever it's a random squash to fill time, oh. which they've done before. It's always a guy. It's always a match we've already seen. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that's perfect actually all right yeah. moving on chris jericho and 2.0 were backstage jericho was asked about the potential dissension between jericho and garcia jericho said he'd give garcia the benefit of the doubt but he needs to know for sure so they'll talk it out in the ring next week oh sorry before we moved on i forgot when when they were separating them the second time claudio just being able to pick up john moxley was one of the funniest things I've that ever was seen. a good touch that was a really good touch <laughs> and john moxley was just like fuck this guy really could just toss me around if he wanted to you know like fucks like fuck what do i do against this man like captain America. Claudio could really fuck you up if you wanted to that's kind of awesome you know um anyway go ahead continue ricky steamboat walked up and said garcia is coming into his own what a fucking what a what a thumb of approval right how about that faction ricky steamboat being the manager of danielson and garcia as a tag team he doesn't need jericho and danielson would be a better choice to mentor him jericho and menard walked off but parker stayed back and got in steamboat's face so steamboat dropped him with a right hand that's that's doing the job i respect it yeah still a hell, hell of a chop there or whatever it was from ricky still got it uh, <laughs> the Gun Club, Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn, with Billy Gunn, defeated the Varsity Blondes. Dude, the most anticipated Dynamite match of all time, maybe. The Vars, uh, yeah, uh, these guys need to, they're the ones that need to get repackaged next. Holy shit. This is the notes for the match. You ready? Austin right. dispatched Pillman and Colton hit the Colt 45 for the squash win. My notes only say one thing, Charlie. Squash. <laughs> Scissor me, daddy ass! Oh, absolutely. Billy was proud of his sons. They all hugged. Stokely Hathaway appeared on the ramp, allowing Austin and that son of a bitch, Colton, to attack their father. What kind of sons of bitches? JR really you two-faced, no-good sons of JR really was trying to sell the point of some of us don't have fathers. And he just... He couldn't get it out. It's okay. I understood. I, I, I see what you were trying to sell, JR. Oh, I, I, I heard enough of it in JR. I think it worked. I think it worked better. Like, it was like JR was being like, he was too emotional to get it out. You know, you know what I mean? And like, agreed. He, and I, hey, GG. Uh, the Acclaim ran out and chased the gun club away, saving Billy. They all scissored to end the segment. Scissor me, daddy ass. So now we're getting what I had suggested I wanted, which is Billy Gunn being the manager of the Acclaim, which they don't need. He's just going to stand there in the background. Maybe they'll help. Maybe they'll do sort of a tweener well, thing where they're there for the end of the promo from the Acclaimed. It, when when yeah. he will, that will be his sole purpose. And then he'll just be there to be scissored and it'll be great. You know what I mean? <laughs> it sounds fucked and weird when you say it like that, but it's true. He's just there for that spot. You know what I mean? That's great. And he might cut promos because he's still a good promo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. A video pack, a video promo recap, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutton, Satnam Singh's pursuit of the TNT Championship, which we'll talk about at the end of the show here, uh, when we talk about the matches for next week and All Out. Uh, okay. Death Triangle, we're backstage, but I am not happy with that. Death Triangle, we're backstage, okay. Packers rest the United Empire, saying he's the best Brit the country's ever produced. He's looking forward to next week because they're an unstoppable unit, Garrett, this uh, this match they is gonna kip a little bit in this too. I think we're getting an immediate kip return pretty soon. The way they keep teasing it, like agreed, we need kip back, dude. Fuck it, kip return. I was kind of hoping him and and, uh, and Penelope would come back together. You know what I mean? But whatever. you could definitely run a mixed match. Oh, 
please. Like those titles. Oh, versus, oh, come on, Adam Cole oh, and Britt, come on. There, there'll anyway. be so many lines about how Kip was too shamed, so he hit his face. You know, I mean, there's so yes. many good things. So it's good opportunity for promos. All right, and but then I want to see that match promo. between Pac first. We then hit another live promo, which I don't think was needed on this show. Yeah, but uh, regardless, let's hit it. He talked about the Chris, uh, Jungle Boy. Talked about the Christian is a pushy shirt from last week, saying mm-hmm. he's a lot not aware, not a lot to wear anymore. But that shirt does nail it on the head. I don't know if that's a work or a shoot. Uh, Christian, he's tried to hit Christian a million times, but Christian does absolutely nothing in return. So we challenged him to match it all out. Which uh-huh. came out and said no. He said he's proud of Jungle Boy as he's actually speaking for once. They said some things that they didn't mean. He wants to fix it. He wants to take Jungle Boy to the promised land. At the end of the day, we're family. I love you. We're like a son to me. Come back home. Jungle Boy teased giving Christian a hug, which I actually did like. Uh, but instead, he took him down and just beat his ass. Yep. Um, Christian broke free. Jungle Boy kicked Jungle Boy low. And he tried to send Jungle Boy into steel stats, but Jungle Boy reversed it and repeatedly drove him face first in the steps. Jungle Boy then stomped Christian into the steps and continued to attack until officials broke it up. I think a lot of people would have thought this would have been like MJF and CM Punk and MJF and Wardlow where he's not going to get his hands on him until he needs to, you know? Yeah. Whereas- we, needed, we needed a program on TV to be advancing. This is one of them. It's been on for, it's just been building for so long. It, it needed to have some kind and, of, and I do on. think they're going to have a fucking phenomenal match. And this now offers the opportunity for Christian to get some heat back on Jungle Boy by now attacking in revenge. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I um, can see it. Yeah. So we'll see. Agreed. I just don't know if we needed another live in ring promo. It felt like we were having a lot of promos. Christian is the is the biggest uh, like actual heel I think right now on the roster, really. So I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. Hey, hey, it worked for what it was, but yeah. No one has real heat. You know what I mean? All remember the at the time, I was like, yeah. man, really again? But that's okay. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm with you, but they needed to advance it. They needed to get some. He needed to. He needed to physically. I think he needed to physically hit Christian this week. I think that's something that needed to happen. Did it need a promo attached to it? No, but I think it helped. I don't know. Yeah. Promo time could have gone to someone else. I agree, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Wardlow and FTR were backstage. Cass said they never let Wardlow get jumped three on one before challenging Lethal, Sanjay, Sanjay, and Satnam to a trios match. Wardlow said he could powerbomb anyone. Dax said he's the best wrestler in the world, not Lethal, and they'd settle it next week. I'm excited for that in a match. It's going to be a fun match. All right. And then on cue, it's about 9 30 p.m., and Tony Storm, uh, the women's match finally comes out. Tony Storm defeated Kylan King. Um, I thought it was a pretty good match for what it was worth. This was quick. Uh, Kylan King used her power to gain the advantage early on. Some back and forth exchanges. King hit a jumping knee off the top rope. Storm avoided a diving drop kick and went for a DDT on the floor. King powered through and drove Storm into the barricade. Uh, they go to commercial. We get back. Storm countered an avalanche back suplex to, into a crossbody and hit a German suplex bridge for the two. King returned fire with a spine buster. Storm came back with a sweet cheeks music and swinging DDT for the win. Sweet Cheeks music as the corner hip attack, Garrett, and I've never loved the name of a move more. Especially after I saw the 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 payoff or where that came from. Dude, RJ City is just absolutely killing it with the move names this year. But anyway. It is, man. Um, so Tony Storm but, wins. They kind of show Thunder Rosa backstage a little upset. And I mean, she's fighting her friend, you know? Yeah. I mean, she's not going to be happy that she's getting wins. It's, you got to... It's it's an unfortunate timing that they couldn't do, uh, they couldn't bail out, uh, pull the ripcord and just do Rosa versus um, uh, Statlander, which is what's the plan, obviously. You know what I mean? Um, 
but I actually really liked this match, man. Uh, Kylan King might be like somebody that's worth just signing right now as is. You know what I mean? Like, Agreed. Uh, and I saw she's also wrestling next week too. So and this is like the third or fourth time they've had her and she's put on a good match. I think uh, some people have said TV ready. I don't know if I go that far. Um, but man, I just like absolutely absurd you know what i mean like that you can just have this match with a random talent who you don't have signed but you can't have your actual talent go out and have this match kind of crazy i just think we need just a complete overhaul and like he just needs to announce the signings of like six people at once yeah i mean there's plenty of people and i think right that'll now. really start to put a lot of this to ease because it feels like kylan loki is signed it feels like willow is signed there's so many more Where, where's mercedes been by the way yeah i no idea I, I don't even know if she's technically signed. I have no idea. No, she has to be. She's got a Ring of Honor title. So, I mean, it doesn't mean she's necessarily under contract, but she's at least with Ring of Honor for now, obviously. like. Yeah, so that was the end of Dynamite. We already covered the main event. So Dynamite, I mean, uh, uh, overwhelmingly thumbs up. I, I mean, absolutely. if we were talking about Dynamites of the year, I mean, this is up there because and the fact 100%. that how many news stories came out of it and I mean, in back to back weeks, we got we well within like within three weeks of each other, we got CM Punk and Kenny Omega returning. I mean, and yeah, and so maybe MJF and Danielson was just recently, so it's really nice. Um, let's jump into Rampage, man. It was taped um, Wednesday in Charleston, West Virginia. Good crowd, mm-hmm. Charleston. We yep. open up with another promo. This time it was from Claudio Casanoli. Claudio shouted out Ricky Steamboat, one of his past trainers and influences, in the crowd. Uh, he said he felt weird about not wrestling, so he issued an open challenge for next week, and out came the returning Dustin Rhodes. Rhodes said they have a long history with some hard-fought battles. He said he has dreamt about holding the world title, and if Claudio accepts the challenge, he'll bring the natural and the best he can to the match. To no surprise, Claudio accepted, Dude. and we're on for next week. So, it, I would be It would be incredible if like Dustin Rhodes wrestled like four matches this year and they were all just bangers. You know what I mean? I, that would be awesome. You know what I mean? Not that he could only, I'm not saying he shouldn't wrestle. I'm saying if he only wrestles against high profile opponents that just happen to either win titles or put it in a position where he can go after them in a way that makes sense. Like with the punk match that everyone uh, should go back and rewatch if they don't remember how good the match between him uh, that I praised the shit out of that. I think that was one of my favorites this year. Like, um, in like a complete swerve, I don't think you were expecting it because like that match, really good. You know, like um, Dustin Rhodes, I, I well, look out for this match next week. This could actually be like a, a sleeper banger. You know what I mean? Agreed. Agreed. Wouldn't be surprised if it's one of our favorites. Uh, Ruby Soho and Ortiz were reminded by Lexi and Ed that they have some unfinished business with Sammy and Ty Mello. They both backed that statement with fire words and appears that will also most likely happen, even though nothing was official. I'm cool with that. Ortiz in another singles match, but, you know, I guess I should say single male match. It'll be a tag, mixed tag. Um, Bro, (laughs) these two backstage were hilarious together. They really were. They really were. And let's get into this, man. We had an AEW Tag Team Championship match. Oh, my God, is that Private Party? Yes, Swerving Our Glory. They defeated Private Party, retained the titles. Um, Holy hell, man. This was – they talked about the – the history of these teams. They talked about, you know, Isaiah Cassidy was Lee's first victim uh, when he made his debut. Sent that man into the stratosphere. Yeah, they did. Uh, and they did it again. And th- <laughs> I got to say, man, I thought this match was overwhelmingly just so smooth. Every single time yeah. anyone had a spot, they fucking kicked ass in it. 
Um, it wasn't that uh, long of a match. Yeah, I wish it had been longer, right? It felt like it should have been yeah. for a title match, but whatever. But let's just, real quick, I mean, Private Party have had an interesting history in AEW. They got the win over the Young Bucks in the inaugural tag team title tournament, but due to injuries and being stuck in various incarnations of the Hardy Andrade family office, they aren't as far along as like many of us thought us many of us thought they would be by this point. I mean, I definitely when they in that first tournament when they beat the Bucks, they beat the Young Bucks in the first okay, you, fucking tournament. Do you want me to point out the discrepancy? What's that? What, what what's what's the what's the real difference between Swerven Lee uh, in terms of experiences, wrestlers in a tag team? Now, I'm not saying that they're not less experienced than both of those guys because obviously they've been. I think they've been wrestling longer than both of them. I don't actually know how old Mark Quinn is, but I know Isaiah Cassidy is like 26 or something, right? Like, um, something like that, or maybe he's older than that. But he's like he's younger too. Like they're not like an old tag team. Same with um, the acclaimed, both younger. You know what I mean? Like for the most yep. part, like. Um, the only difference is, and I hate to have to be the one to point this out because I've been the one that's been saying this hasn't really been happening in AEW, but both of those guys wrestled for WWE, and none of those it four could did. be. I, I mean, yeah, none of those four did that. regularly on TV in a meaningful way. I'm sure they both. I'm sure one of the many, if not all of them, were at the performance center, maybe. But like, yeah, I, I think it just kind of goes to private parties' characters. They they just been hurt by storylines and you know here's the thing we've talked about this before everyone's going to get their title run with these tags are they the jurassic express recently had theirs i mean everyone's going to get their title run private party will get theirs the acclaimed will get theirs um or- see but jurassic express was helped along by the fact that that jungle boy had just gone on a great run of single stuff yeah, you know what i mean absolutely. like and Look, whether Private Party are the ones that take this off these guys, whether the acclaimed are, or you know who knows, Bobby Fish and uh, Kyle O'Reilly, who knows, it's, Robert it's, Fish, it's going to be good. And uh, Tony Khan pointed out on Twitter this was the first time that uh, the AW Tag Team Titles have been defended from one black team to facing another black team. So that was a cool. That's a cool moment for AW, and I think it shows you know the growth of that side of the roster that they were absolutely destroyed for when the company first started. That was one of the popular takes is that, you know, it's all white wrestling. So they, uh, it's good to see that they built that side up, I guess, you know? Um, yeah, by the way, that, I think that extends to other teams at AEW, by the way, I want to point that out. Like, I feel like, I feel like there are plenty of teams that could have won the titles, right? FTR is a great example. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but they didn't because I don't know. Some people have made some, some, I'm even made my own comments at the Bucks, but like, I don't think the Bucks actually have that kind of power to do that anyway, even if they did, even if they refused to do something. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just really like, feels like we're in an era with this title where everyone's going to get their run. And, and that'll really, if you know what makes me kind of question that man is like, this team was not a team. I thought was winning this title anytime soon. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I like both guys fast and, they, you know what? Genuinely, you know what I think it was, and now knowing what we know, I think it was because they were planning on breaking Starks and Hobbs up. If they weren't going to do that, those guys would have won the titles. Yeah, like maybe Team Taz had decided to go their separate this ways. Would have broke up, and I think that because that would fit my theory of everyone's going to get their turn. And they were like, okay, well, you guys are the two new guys. You're extremely over still. You know, let's put it on you guys. You guys can wrestle through this division now, and then go on to your singles runs or whatever. Uh, real quick, I'll hit the ending here. Okay. Uh, Strickland hit a flush sidekick to Quinn's head, and then he nailed it with what calls the JML driver to pick up the clean win. 
Both teams dapped it up after the match in a show of respect. Love to see it. Yeah, private um, party are baby faces basically now. So I mean, they're so, I'm, I'm all for seeing them go as good guys and maybe challenging a heel team down the road. Maybe that's how they win. I don't know. Yeah, and and you know, as we know now, they got multiple options with the trios titles. So yeah, that'd be awesome. Them team back up with Matt Hardy, bro. I'm I'm here. And uh, lost all my stuff real quick. Uh, all right. Uh, next, I have the next segment. If you want yeah, me to... the next segment we had FTW champion Hook defeated Zach Clayton to retain the title. Clayton came out, uh, hit a good promo, talking about how Jersey's the best city, and he got beaten 15 seconds with the red drum. <laughs> oh, what happens when you guys say, "Who the fuck is this guy?" All over the place. Like literally, this was entirely the point. This was what it was going to be. They were. The story of this match was Zach Clayton talking shit, getting his ass kicked in 15 seconds. And people were just like, oh, really? This Zach Clayton? Oh, I mean, I don't think they can ever bring Zach Clayton back. I don't think they'll ever be able to take him seriously. But, I mean, it was funny that they kind of just wasted a guy who maybe had a little bit of potential and just threw him out there and just decided, nope, he's actually a jobber. Well, I think that was the whole point. I I think this was the result from the beginning. No, I'm not saying it yeah. wasn't. I'm saying, but like, it almost felt like the way they presented him last week was like they wanted him to be like a wrestler that was going to feud with Hook, and that's not the case. Yeah, no. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so Hook still has yet to actually have a program with anyone. <laughs> we need a Hook match. <laughs> uh, after no, no, we've had Hook matches, we know what Hook matches are like. They're three minutes, and they're okay. We need a hook storyline. That way he can build up to an actual match that's longer than three minutes. Like, Yeah. Matt Menard and Angela Parker were backstage. Long story short, they were wondered if the FTW title was held by a sports entertainer. Um, given Menard's various injuries from blood and guts, it would appear Mr. Parker is next. So, Angela Parker versus Hook? A little storyline, maybe? <laughs> maybe. I have yeah. no idea. Some longer matches, though, please. <laughs> yes. Lexi and Air asked Billy Gunn why about the attack by his sons on Wednesday. Gunn said he's bringing some friends. The acclaimed Dynamite next week, and he's going to spank their asses. Yeah, I don't know. That's going to be interesting. We'll see. It'll probably just be a backstage beatdown, right? Like, Yeah. So then they replayed the show-closing angle from Dynamite, where Andrade and Roosh decided to turn on Dragon Lee and unmask him. And... Uh, yeah, so is this, you know, what what was, I think them showing it means that it was, you know, as intended and it wasn't an actual shoot in the ring. At least that's what I'm hoping, but I guess we'll see, right? I'm just glad they showed that. That was an important thing. We mentioned that earlier. So, yes, Buddy Matthews defeated Serpentico. Um, no idea. Uh, I, this could have been something they did backstage, but I guess just get Matthews on TV. And uh, what happened next confused me even further. So, so this was a squash. On. Matthews won with a pump handle suplex, and it's time to get rolling. And Miro then walked out with Malachi Black's mask, and as he and Matthews got into a big brawl, Miro just stared down Julia Hart before getting into the ring to brawl more with what seems like heavy foreshadowing for C.J. Perry or Lana to appear soon. Brody King apparently actually dead because nowhere to be. No, no, no one knows where Brody King is. Apparently. Miro killed Matthews for several seconds and stood tall. Also, Julia Hart, nowhere to be seen here. No idea what's going on. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think it's a little messy right now for to say. Maybe little. she actually was involved. I can't remember. But either way, like, I it doesn't really matter. Like, if it was just Julia Hart, then it's really weird. 
yeah, I misfire on this one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Athena. She's in a match with Penelope Ford, and Athena defeats Penelope Ford. So, um, Penelope Ford got her match on Tuesday, uh, Mondays in kayfabe. She got the match on Dark Elevation, and then goes on to wrestle on Friday. So nice two two week two match for her. Glad to see her back. And I I thought this was perfectly fine for what it was. It was just very quick. I thought this was the best Athena match we've had so far. Yeah, Ford was rolling early, then went to commercial break, and Athena won seconds later after hitting the Eclipse. Um, yeah, they had some good exchanges. I, I could see these guys getting like a like a t- sub. Probably give them like a good ten minute match and <laughs> let it roll on a dark. I, I'd be down for the for the run back. So the story then here is the baddies Layla Gray and Kira Hogan then attacked and came out. Uh, they attacked Athena and out came TBS champion Jade Cargo with a sledgehammer. Uh, let the Triple H stuff begin. <laughs> Cargill smashed the wings with a hammer, and Athena fought out from Gray and Hogan's ga- uh, grasp. Cargill entered the ring and hit her in the gut with a sledgehammer, and laid her out as the baddie stood tall. I don't want Jade slinging that sledgehammer at me, bro. She kicked my ass. <laughs> she can do what she wants. True. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, this is again just setting up that match that we've been talking about. So yeah, it's going to drag it out. Keep yep. going. Keep it, keep it rolling. Beat the dead horse. till it's, till it's alive again. All right. Anyway, um, uh, Kip Saban was again showed in the crowd. So let's get into our main event here. Um, the best friends defeated the trust busters and to advance in the AEW trios title tournament. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Mark Henry thing, Parker Boudreaux. Almost making whoever the fuck it was fall. Slim J almost fall on his ass because he started just shaking the ropes while they were standing on the second rope. Is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. In the that was pretty good. Um, there was another sign where Parker threw someone into the ring outside. They bounced back. That was pretty good. <laughs> into the barricade, I guess. But look, man, uh, this was a trios match. It was. And... Honestly, I thought it worked really well. Now, here's what I will say. Why are we having a six-man match at All Out that neither of these guys are in the tournament? It feels a little weird, but moving on. Why not just have that in the tournament? Who knows? The heels uh, control both of the match. Slim J, I thought, looked really fun in this in this kind of style. I thought Sunny Kiss looked good out there, too. Yep. Um, obviously, Orange Cassidy. Getting the hot tag, running wild on Davari and Slim J was pretty good. Boudreaux and Orange Cassidy, it was kind of it was really cool seeing that. Um, I loved the finish, by the way. Um, we also saw Danhausen. Um, uh, but the, the shoulder drop, he got up on their shoulders and then dropped. I'm calling it a shoulder drop frog splash. That's a great move, dude. That is I a great like move. That. So, yeah, man, this was a fun main event. Uh, this has kind of been a Rampage-centered feud, too, which is something we've been talking about recently that we like to see. Um, Orange Cassidy's show has kind of been Rampage. He's been, like, running it for a little while here. Orange Cassidy and Slim J? Those guys had some good chemistry, too. Nah, I don't want to see that. No, don't give Tony any fucking ideas. I don't want to see that match next week. I don't think we're going to have Slim J wrestle singles matches too often, I gotta say. Yeah, I don't he, think it went well is last the, time. I think your singles matches out of this group on TV are mostly going to be Boudreaux now and then Davari. Give me more Davari matches. He's good. Anyway. So, yeah, know. but yeah, the finish was good. And 
yeah, so that was it for Rampage. Uh, these they will now go on to face the winners of Dark Order versus House of Black, which I'm very excited about. I think that's going to be the weakest match of the tournament, probably. Everything uh, else is agreed, probably going to be probably. really good. If, if why they put it out early because they knew it was going to be boring, or not boring, but it's not going to be as exciting as the other matches. Um, agreed, and yeah, so I don't know the 15 second hook match. We need that anymore. I don't know having a trios title tournament with. I'm starting to question whether Hook is ever actually going to do anything. Like, if he's actually going to be, if it's going to work. Because and the it, fact that we're even wondering that shows that they're kind of fucking this up right now. So, yeah, we were like the biggest Hook guys for the longest time. But like, I'm just like, I don't know what they're doing with him anymore. He was off TV for months. Then they broke off Team Taz. They gave him the FTW Championship, which we all knew needed to happen eventually. I mean, like, but it it just feels like rushed. And like now, it feels like there's probably gonna be an FTW title match on the freaking pre-show or something. Like, uh, Hook versus Angelo Parker. So, so next week's uh, Dynamite, we got announced. So far, we got CM Punk versus John Moxley for the undisputed AEW World Championship. Billy Gunn versus Colton Gunn. Dax Harwood versus Jay Lethal. Britt Baker versus Kylan King. And then tournament match: Death Triangle versus. Aussie, uh, Will Ospreay and Aussie Open, and then Ricky Starks is to cut a promo. Sounds like a fun show. Sounds like a loaded show to me. All right, over under Britt Baker and Kylan King uh, at nine thirty. Uh, that, that if if Tony Khan is a smart man and he saw the match that I saw from Kylan King and Tony Storm, he's gonna give that match time, dude. I put that on second after that fucking t- tournament match. Yeah, I would put that on second. Then put Dax and Jay Lethal on. Then the let Colton beat his dad in 10 seconds. And then you get your yep. main event. That being said, All Out has been updated a little bit. We now got four matches. AW Women's World Championship, Thunderosa versus Tony Storm. Cool. Uh, AW World Trios Championship Tournament Finals. Wardlow and FTR versus Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt. I gotta say, man, I understand wanting to get all these guys on the show. Do we really not need Warlow defending that title? Like, like, why not run him and Jay Lethal back? I thought that just made so much sense. Wardlow has had the worst luck, man. He had, like, some of the most genuine, actual crowd reactions in AEW. And I'm not pretending like MJF wasn't part of that, obviously. If MJF didn't have the heat that he did, it would never have helped Wardlow to get to the stage that he got to, right? But he still had to do something with that. And man, did it all get wasted. And I just know for a fact, when this card is all said and done, this is going to be the match I'm least excited about. And it's got fucking FTR and Wardlow in it. And it's such bullshit. I just, I like everyone in this match. I think That's a failure of booking. If you have if you have really good talent in the match. If this was the plan, why not do Wardlow versus Jay Lethal and FTR versus those guys? It, it, you could just, we could buy it as a Ring of Honor tag team title thing. Yeah, actually true. I could see it. I just don't know, man. It seems like a colossal failure to me. Oh, well. I mean, dude, imagine that there was Wardlow versus Satnam, which, again, disaster of a match, but you could make it work probably, you know? I, could, um, I would buy it. I genuinely would buy into it. Yeah, it would be a really short match, but Wardlow could powerbomb the shit out of the big, big giant one in a billion, and it'd be awesome. You know what I mean? It would suck for Satnam's build, but he doesn't really – I mean, I think he's kind of – He doesn't need that title at all. It wouldn't – yeah. Nah, it wouldn't matter for him. And like, then what we had announced on Rampage was the Casino Ladder match. So – 
So yeah, we'll have it. We'll know who's going to be challenging Punk next, or, yeah. or sorry, who's going to be challenging who's going to be challenging whoever wins the main event of All Out. You know. And Garrett, I'm calling it here. I'm calling it right now. The casino ladder match winner will be Eddie Kingston. That would make sense. This is his um, moment. I would love it. Um, Crowd reaction will be fucking insane. I don't think there's anyone we're missing that could return and win it. Uh, hmm. I don't think MJF needs to win that. I don't think that for one second. If it is MJF, yes, I'll be happy. That's the only return I could think of that would win that. All right. So, I mean, if you don't know who could return, who is your Joker then? I would have it be Eddie. I would literally have it be Eddie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that signals that Eddie's going to win. Or, I don't know, man. Or you could have the Joker be, I don't know, fucking Hook. In, and no, I, I know who I might have, have my Joker be, but it's probably not possible. Who would you have? Let's hear it. I'd, I'd have it be Johnny, but there's no way you can have it be Johnny if he's signed to WWE, So, I mean, which he's not. But, I mean, he could be, you know. Like, yeah. Um, a returning Scorpio Sky, a returning Lance Archer maybe. Is that Kip Sabian's spot? Again. That would be a good spot for Kip, but Kip seems like he's going to go after the Atlantic title. So, you know. Yeah, so I think plenty of spots we could put here. Uh, the only, yeah. Do you put Hobbs in that spot so Ricky can cost him? You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, that'd be kind of nuts. Ricky's got to be in that. No, no. Ricky and Hobbs are going to. No, no. Him. I mean, have Hobbs win the ladder match and then have him get cost by Ricky in the match. Well, I think, I think Ricky and Hobbs. Intersecting feuds and titles. You know what I mean? Well, no, no. Well, the match is going to be at all out. So it's going to be after all out when this happens anyway. So I don't think yeah. that they're, I don't think they're going to, I think Ricky versus Hobbs shouldn't just be a one, one, like up to all one pay-per-view feud. Like that should be more like, this is like a, they, they were best friends for like ever. You know what I mean? Like. Agreed. So I'm riding that out until it doesn't happen. Eddie Kingston. I won't win in that fucking thing. All right. Well, that being said, guys, thanks for sticking this out for us, man. Another 90 plus minute show. We're hitting these when we got these news storylines that we can dive in for 20 minutes. This happens. So absolutely. That being said, awesome week of wrestling. Kenny Omega is finally back. Khan's doing his thing. And yeah, man. Any closing thoughts from you? Uh, Give me punk versus Omega at all out, please. Oh, my God. That would be nuts. All right, guys. And we will catch you on the flip side vision. Thank you.